understand this morning that we have a, a brief meeting here. I, I understand you know the circumstances we're, we're in right now. And I appreciate all my agents out there and what you do for this country. Now, as you know, we have three that are looking at taking over. We have Pastor Timothy Keller. He is in the East, and he is looking at taking over the entire country. We have T.D. Jakes. He is in the Midwest, and he's written a bunch of things. And then we have in the West, Pastor Rod (laughs) Collins, and we are definitely concerned about him. Don't let that smile fool you. Or the doctor. Is dentist really a doctor? <laughs> All of them are looking at becoming the next pastor of America. Even this one, T.D. Jakes, he's asking himself, is he the next Billy Graham, right? And so these three men are getting together for a poker game. And we have an agent in our, in our midst tonight... His name is Danny Ray, Agent Danny Ray, goes by Agent Thompson sometimes, and when he comes out, he's kind of a big deal, you know, please give him a round of applause when he comes out, when he comes out, when he comes out. (laughs) I don't normally make appearances, but they've asked me to infiltrate this poker game going on between the three leads, and they have no idea who I am and what will happen, um, and what will happen when they realize that they're sitting down with myself. It's not going to be good for them. Let's just say that. Now, understand this, understand this, that when we play, I will not let them know who I am, but I will win, and they will all be arrested on site. And so, (laughs) just realize things are about to change. Things are about to change. Okay, so here we go. Let's, let's do this. Now, we're going to give it a couple shuffles. Now, when these guys sit down, this is a demonstration of what it's going to look like when they lose and they owe me a bunch of money. I might keep some of that for myself. We'll see. Um, <laughs> all right, now, here we go. Let's give this a little shuffle and then give it a, a nice professional shuffle. Yeah, this looks good. Yeah, that's good. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is, I might have like a beer in hand just to make it look like I'm a little drunk, but they will, they will know not what's coming from here. Yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly where I want everything to be. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to be interesting. Uh, so when I deal out the cards, it might look something like this. This would go over to Timothy Keller. This would go to T.D. Jakes. This would go to Dr. Rodney Collins. But this would be for myself. Which doesn't seem bad, but you have to understand, that's not just one, but that's two. That's a six of diamonds, which makes things interesting. Um, Really interesting. What do they have over here? What do they have over here? They have nothing. They have nothing. Uh, So that, that explains something to me. I should be playing with a full deck of cards, and I'm not. Okay, um, okay, here we go. Let's uh, deal out. It doesn't matter because I would still end up with a, a unbeatable Yay. hand. Yeah, uh, here, shuffle up. Uh, you know what? We should go for. Uh, what should I go for? I should go for. I'll go for a full house. I mean, I, f- I feel like that'd be a good deal. Yeah, we'll go for a full house. There we go. So, oh, this is the thing: God. is they would have no idea what they're entering into 
And sometimes, I'm going to take this off. Nick, you've been fantastic. Okay. Uh, I just want to give a, a quick demonstration of, of a gambling demonstration at church. I mean, how fun is that? Um, so, uh, but what happens when we're deceived? What happens when we sit down with the wrong people? What happens when we are not where we're supposed to be when King David, it says that he remained in Jerusalem? That's when he ended up making a major mistake and going on to be with Bathsheba, and there would be consequences for that. We see in Joshua chapter 9, which is where we're going to be here in a moment, that Joshua, right, he's going to make a treaty with somebody he should never have made a treaty with. Just before last week, if you were here, in um, chapter 8, you have them taking over AI, right, the city of AI, and it it happened through deception, right, is they had an ambush set up. And it was all designed by God. God gave Joshua the idea to like have some men over here, have more men over here, have them approach the city. And as they approach the city, their people would come out and the Israelites would run this way. They ran that way. They chased after them thinking they're going to win. But these 5,000 went in and they burned the entire city. When AI realized it, they looked back and went, what just happened, right? And, And they conquered yet again. But we're going to come to chapter 9, and we're going to see a different story. I'm going to have everybody stand if you can. And we're going to read the verses together. So I will read the odd verses. I will have you read the even verses. So here we go, the odd verses. However, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they restored it to a roof. They went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn-out sacks and old wineskins, cracked and mended. They put worn and patched sandals on their feet and, and wore old clothes, and the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the Israelites, We have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. The Israelites said to the Hivites, but perhaps you live near us. So how can we make a treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua asked, who are you and where do you come from? They answered, your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of the Lord your God. For we have heard about the reports of him, all that he did in Egypt. And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth. Wow. <laughs> and our elders and all those living in our country said to us, take provisions for your journey. Go and meet them and say to them, we are your servants, make a treaty with us. This bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home home on the day we left to come to you. But now see how dry and moldy it is. And these wineskins that we filled were new, but see how cracked they are. And our clothes and sandals are worn out by a very long journey. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live, and the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. 
Three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. So the Israelites set out, and on the third day came to their cities, Gibeon, Kephrah, Beeroth, and Mm-hmm. But the Israelites did not attack them because the leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would meet us here this morning. Lord, that you would speak to us about deception and about decision making. Lord, that you would make it clear what we are to do. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, amen. Men, you may have a seat. So this morning, we are going to look at deceptions and decisions. The big idea is this, is that anywhere in our life, whether it's with family, whether it's at work, whether it's in the political sphere, that we are vulnerable to people deceiving us, governments deceiving us, social media deceiving us, family members deceiving us. But we want to be intentional about making wise decisions. So When it says the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse. So a ruse is simply an action intended to deceive someone, a trick. I know a little bit, a little bit about this, right? Okay. Um, So I want to look at what are the things that they did to um, deceive Joshua? How did he fall for this ruse? Like it seems so obvious, but that's the thing is we fall for things that are obvious at times. And I want to look at how we could be warned against those and how we could stay away from those. So they put on sandals on their feet and old clothes and patches, right? And moldy food, right? So, so, but they say this, we have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us, right? So they sense something right away, the Israelites do. They sense that something's not right. They ask this question, perhaps you live near us. This is the thing is sometimes we we know right away that we're being deceived. We know right away that something's not right. But then the deeper we go into it, we just get wrapped up in the deception, right? It's easy for this to happen. Even if we're connected with God, even if we had a victory yesterday, right? Joshua and the Israelites, they had a, a recent victory, but now it, it's almost like this. Let me give you a picture of this. I'm not saying this is exactly, nope, that's a bad idea. Okay, we'll just, we'll leave that. Okay, so I'm not saying this is uh, how it happened, but I just want to give you a picture. Is Israelites are here, okay? The Gibeonites are here, and Joshua's over here. I realize he's probably standing over there, but just to give you the picture, is they, they go and they say, look, we came from this distant country. And the Israelites go, what if you live like right by us? Right? What, what if you're like around the corner? We're your servants. Like that's what happens. Like they, they what if you live around the corner? They don't answer that. They just turn to Joshua and go, we're your servants, right? And Joshua sticks on target. He's like, but where do you come from? And then they're like, we come from the distant land, right? They don't, they're very vague with this. And this is the way when you get deep into like deception is people have a hard time giving real details on things because they don't know. They don't have those answers. So they make up things, a distant country, right? We've heard of fame, right? 
but the fame they hear about that would have inside knowledge. So I'm going to show you a map here in a second, but you have Egypt, right? Um, you have Egypt, you have the Amorites, and you have Bashan. Okay, so these are the three things they've heard about. So let's, let's look at this for a second. This is where Egypt is, okay? This is where um, the Amorites are. This is where Bashan is. Now let's check out to see where these guys are, the Gibeonites, right? They're right here in the center of everything, right? They're right there. Like they have this inside knowledge. Hey, we've heard what happened over here, over here, over here. We are scared out of our minds right now, right? Uh, but they're saying we came from this distant land. Just to give you an idea, the distance between, uh, between the Gibeonites here and Bashan is about 125 miles and same thing down to Egypt. So they're saying we came from at least 125 miles away, like probably 200, like they're trying to say this distant country, like they have a long time to figure out like, hey, what are we going to say? And they screw it up, right? They say, say to them, we are your servants, make a treaty with us. This is what they are told to say, right? This is what they say. Um, Tell them our bread is dry and moldy. Uh, But they get these bits of information wrong. Instead of just letting their yes be their yes, their no, their no, the way Jesus tells us, right? If we're going to be honest with people, just tell them, this is what it is. So they evade questions. They answer vaguely, not giving bits of information. They have inside knowledge about things they shouldn't know about unless they lived right in the area, like the Israelites thought, like, hey, what if you live around the corner from us? They give different wording on vital information, So literally, they have one job, get one sentence right. We have come from a distant country, make a treaty with us. But then a few moments later, when it says, hey, these guys sent us to you, and they say, we are your servants, make a treaty. We have come from a distant, make a treaty. We are your servants, make a treaty. Like, they don't get their one sentence right. Like, if you had 200 miles to travel, this is a big deal. Like, you've got it. Like, work on it. You've got one sentence, right? So... It, there's just all this overproving that's going on. It would kind of be like this. Let's say we were going to some party and you show up late to your friend's party, right? And you're like, oh man, sorry, we ran out of gas. You're like, oh yeah, no big deal. He's like, oh, but then, but then, wait, wait, wait. We also, we lost the keys. Oh, okay, that, that's, but after we found the keys, we got a flat tire. <laughs> But we're here, you know, like, it it just, it's too much, right? Just like one little piece of information would be fine, but trying to overprove. Now, it's easy to get deceived. I I have a a lifetime of working on deception uh, for entertainment purposes. But uh, it's easy to get deceived. Even this morning, I said this. I said, I, and this this is Joshua, right? Uh, Joshua, he makes a treaty. How does he get? How does he get so easily deceived? And the the thing is, this is all of us can easily be deceived. Remember when I said I want you to read the odd verses? I will read the even verses, right? And everybody just read along, but you, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, yeah. You guys know what, uh, what happened there. I, I Actually, I looked over at Pastor Ron and Anita. I was like, is he going to like say? Okay. Um, so, so 
I'm not going to read it again, but we're just going to do this. I'm going to say odd as if I'm reading the odd verses. You're going to say even. Okay, so here we go. Odd. Even. Odd. That's still odd. I see. You have to wait for it. Okay, even. Oh, wait, that's you. Even. Odd. Odd. Even. Odd. Even. Odd. Odd. Yeah, we're missing one key verse, right? We go from 13 to 15, and nobody jumped out of their seat and said, what? You can't do that, right? But one verse changes everything. One verse gives us insight into how they were so easily deceived. One verse can change the trajectory of your entire life if you decide, I am going to apply this to every decision I make from this day forward. And maybe you're doing this, maybe you're not, but this is that verse. It says, the Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. Inquiring of the Lord is your secret to success. We see this over and over again throughout the the scriptures. It's it's easy for us to get deceived. And it's self-deception when you think, oh, I couldn't be fooled. I, I couldn't be deceived. It happens all the time, all around us. And so it can happen through all of these things, evading questions, vague answers, inside knowledge, different wording, overproving, missing. And this is just a small list of the way that they were deceived. There's a much larger list of the ways that we could be deceived on any given day, right? But the choice is, are we going to inquire of the Lord? When you inquire of him, when you seek him, when you call on him, God wants to enter into that relationship where you're inquiring and he's answering. This isn't some magic formula. This is the way God's designed our relationship with him to be is where we would seek out his heart. So do you want to figure out what God wants you to do? How he wants you to raise your kids? How he wants you to enter into this next transition in your life? What he wants you to do with what the doctor has before you, right? Any decision we make comes in a different way when we inquire the Lord. Right? We have to inquire. So I want to look at things on how to make healthy decisions. This isn't an exhaustive list, but these are things that I think are essential to making healthy decisions. First, gathering information. Right? They, the Israelites did this. They started to ask some good questions. They started to gather information, but they didn't inquire the Lord. So it's not enough just to gather information. Maybe you get the right information. Maybe you don't. Right? But you want to figure out what are the risks and the rewards of what's going to happen. One of the verses that really hit home for my wife and I, there you are. Um, I was like, is she here? Uh, (laughs) Does she love me? (laughs) Has nothing to do with that. All right, so um, one of the verses that really changed the trajectory of the pandemic for us when we were like, wow, we've had 100 um, shows cancel in the last month. This is craziness. Um, And so from March of 2020 uh, to really 2022, we were in a season of going, God, what are you up to? Inquiring of him. But this is one of the key verses that we came to is ship your grain across the sea, 
after many days, you may receive a return. So we had to evaluate what are the things that we want to invest in in a new season. In this case, the grain, right? Ship your grain. What are the things that we're going to ship across the pandemic and go, oh, God, we will see. One of those is the book we wrote, right? We're like, okay, we have some downtime. We can invest in, in writing some more. And so that was one, I actually wrote two books during that season, one we haven't published yet. Okay, so um, I forgot about that. I, that's a note to self. I might want to get that published. Okay. Um, so, um, so after many days, you may receive a return, right? There's no guarantee. God doesn't say... If you do this, you'll always get back this. No, there's risk in making decisions, right? There, and this is where faith comes in. Is It's not that God gives us all the answers. Is that we're trusting that when we invest in his kingdom and the things that he's designed, that there'll be a return on that re- investment. But we also have to be able to say, even if he doesn't, even if the crops fail, even if the grain doesn't get returned, I will still worship, I will still love, I will still seek God's heart. And so the second thing is seek wise counsel. Is My, my wife and I started this ministry where I'm traveling, speaking, doing sleight of hand um, 20 years ago in January. And we've, we've had a considerable amount of ups and downs. But one of the very first things that we did was getting wise counsel is the road is, is tough, and so I have three people that keep me accountable. Every week I'm on the road, those people know where I am, what I'm doing, what's going on, right? Is seeking wise counsel. In Proverbs eleven fourteen. it says, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. I want to be a part of that victory circle. I want to be a part of that winning circle, but that happens by having other people speak into my life. And I would encourage you, if you don't have anybody speaking into your life, get wise counsel. If God's directing you, right, he's going to make that clear to a small team around you. Okay, so gathering information, risk, evaluating risk versus reward. And my wife and I will write out a list and we'll, we'll put like a line down the paper, risk over here, reward, and just really evaluate those things. Then it's like, okay, let's keep praying about this, but let's start talking to some wise counsel. And then inquiring of God, which all of this is part of inquiring of God. But when we're just down on our knees going like, God, what do you want us to do? I want to show you First Samuel 23, 4. Once again, David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him. That's God's heart, is to answer you. We might not always get a yes, but if we don't uh, inquire, we're not going to get an answer, and we could easily get deceived, and then we're down a path where we're having to justify, and we're having to redo something, and God doesn't, he's not able to give us our best in that situation. He's like, well, and we see this with the, the Gibeonites is they now become woodworkers in, in the city of the Israelites, and the Israelites start grumbling against one another, right? Is there's all this tension that happens because they weren't obedient. Jeremiah 33.3 gives us another glimpse into inquiring, right? Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. God has great and unsearchable things that you do not know, but it takes inquiring, connecting, asking him. He says this, ask for wisdom, right? And James, he'll give it to you. In Matthew, 
chapter 7, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you, right? Ask, seek, knock. We've got to inquire, but we also have to do some seeking and some knocking on doors, not just like, well, God, I hope this happens. One of the filters that my wife and I put every decision we make through, not like toast. Like if you're making toast, just make your toast. Um, If you have real health issues, uh, that's a different deal, like gluten-free. I don't know. Um, But I'm saying like with some some of those bigger decisions, right, that you need to make, we, this is one of those key verses that we filter things through. He will always give you all you need from day to day if you make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So our question is, we have two decisions before us. They both seem like great options. We're not sure. We've sought wise counsel, and they both seem like really good options. We'll ask this question. Which one would build the kingdom of God the most, which would give us the most opportunity to be about building his kingdom. And that's the one we'll walk through. And sometimes it's the one that pays less. Sometimes it's the one that pays more. Sometimes it's one that has seemingly less impact. But we understand like discipling has massive impact on the world, that Jesus had 12 and thought it was enough where we're like, we've got 18 million followers, right? Ah, it's not enough. We need a few more, right? It's just like, we're never satisfied. And God's like, let me satisfy you by you being my son or my daughter, and you are part of my kingdom, and you're about building that kingdom, and your decisions come through that. So these are it. Gather, risk and reward, seek wise counsel, inquire the Lord, ask for wisdom, But then at some point, you have all the information you need. You've sought the wise counsel. You've inquired of God. But you need to pull that trigger and make the decision. It is a godly thing to make decisions. Like God gave us that right in the beginning in the garden. He gave us the ability to make decisions, right? He's not going to force that decision. So for a moment, for a moment, I want you to think about a decision you might need to make. Maybe it's a work decision. Maybe it's balancing work and family. Maybe it's a ministry decision. I don't know what decision. Maybe it's a family decision. Maybe it's a health decision, right? And I want you to think of this wall here as your decision making. Like when, when you touch that wall, you've made that decision, okay? So your decision's right there. Now, I believe I'm going to touch that wall. Have I made a decision? I, I love that wall. Have I touched the wall? I mean, that wall looks really good. I mean, I just want to just put my hand near it. I mean, I'll just come closer, but that wall's so great. Have I touched the wall? No. I mean, I'm really close. Like, I'm really close. I mean, I, I want to talk to you. Let's pray about it. Let's, let's inquire the Lord. Have I touched it? At some point, we need to make that decision and do the things that God's designed us to do. He has a purpose and a plan for you, and it's not here forever. At some point, you need to say, yes, Lord. If it's your will, I'm touching that wall. I'm following through. I'm going into the unknown. And I'm going to trust that you've gone ahead of me, that you know my story, you know my fears, you know my insecurities. But God, I'm not going to sit over here 
for the rest of my life. I'm going to do what you've designed me to do. Let's pray. God, I pray that we would make the decisions we need to make. We would make the calls we need to make. That we would wait on you. That we would do what you've designed us to do. That we would hear from you because we inquire of you every day, every moment, every second. We're seeking your will above our will. Your ways above our ways. God, help us to be obedient. Help us to be still and to listen. God, thank you that you are a God that is with us, that you're a God that's for us, that you're a God that loves us. Help us to walk in your ways today. In Jesus' name.